man. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Backstage Podcast. So happy that you're back. Thank you for that. Um, we're back with another episode this week. And again, guys, look, we're going to talk about the Liberal Party of Quebec again. And I know that you're probably tired of this. I'm tired of talking about the Liberal Party of Quebec, but it just seems that this party can't get their shit in order. Uh, so every single week, we're, we're stuck talking about this party instead of talking about other perhaps more important things or interesting things. Uh, again, one last time, we're going to have to talk about the Liberal Party of Quebec. There's so many things happening, so many things boiling in that party. Even at the moment we're recording right now, things are still up in the air. Um, so many, so many moving parts over there. Um, we're going to get to all of that, but before I need to bring you up to speed from what happened since the last episode, uh, if you haven't heard that last episode, you can always go and check it out. But essentially, I spoke to you about Dominique Anglade finally caving in under all the pressure. She resigned, um, and we were just discussing about potential new leaders and what the future of the party uh, might be going forward. Um Uh, I mean, it came as no surprise to anyone that Mark Tongay was nominated as the interim leader. And I'm saying that word very importantly, the, the interim leader of the Quebec Liberal Party on Thursday. Uh, and again, I, I say no surprise. We spoke about that so many times, even with Michael Forian during the QC brief uh, segments that we did. Uh, but even in uh, subsequent episodes that I filmed uh, on this series here, um, really no surprise. Mark Tange is one of the more experienced people in the caucus who elected back in 2012. He gets elected out of a riding in the eastern part of Montreal called La Fontaine. Essentially, for those know, uh, that know, um, it's the district of uh, RDP, Rivière des Prairies. Um, Super intelligent guy, uh, super involved. Uh, way before he was uh, uh, an, an MNA, he was involved in the party. He was a very active member. He was the president of the party uh, right before he ran, and he won in 2012. Uh, he's had different functions within uh, the, the, the caucus, whether it was in opposition or in government. Uh, and again, it came as no surprise. Here is one thing that kind of stood out during last week that, raised a lot of flags at least for me i went online and spoke about it and even did a little poll on instagram i'm not sure if you guys answered that so this happened last thursday now the way the nomination process works it's the it's the the board of directors of the the, the party the executive committee of the party the liberal party that has to designate this new leader but they always do it in collaboration with the caucus and usually they take into account the suggestion that the caucus makes obviously again no surprise the caucus recommended uh Mahtangi, and the party uh on thursday morning announced that he would be the new leader Here is the mysterious thing to me. The day before that announcement, so Wednesday in the evening, the Liberal Party sends out an email to all the members, and I think it, it, it made it even public uh, on Twitter and on their website, that the members of the executive of the party tabled a resolution that was voted unanimously to allow the interim leader the possibility to run as a leader in the leadership race if he or she should want to. Now, based on the constitution of the Liberal Party, this was always permitted for the interim leader to seek the leadership. Uh, of course, very few people knew this. Um, but they felt that it was necessary to table this resolution to make everyone aware that Should the interim leader want to run as a leader? Well, these are the conditions and the criteria. Um, uh, and, and these are all, you know, this is all going to be part of the rules that are going to 
uh, be tabled going forward into the leadership race. The big question is, you know, anyone that's been even remotely involved at all in politics or followed politics, this has never happened. I At least I've never seen any situation where, uh, you know, a, a party leader resigns and a, an interim leader gets in there and stays on during the leadership race to become a leader of the party. It is understood that the interim leader is only there for a short period of time until the party members elect a new leader. That's why he's called the interim leader, because uh, he's there temporarily while the party does the entire exercise of voting in a new leader. I don't know what the, 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 the party's constitution uh, specifically says on this topic, but it was always understood that the interim leader is there only temporarily. Now, is this coincidental that it happened the day right before Mark Tangay was nominated? Uh, Mark Tangay, of course, is a lawyer. I'm not suggesting here that he has anything to do with this. Now, Mark Tangay didn't really uh, make it clear on whether or not he was going to stay on only as interim leader or, you know, eventually transition over into a leadership race to become the next leader of the party. That was the, one of the first questions that he was asked during the press conference, um, and he really didn't answer. He, he basically said that, you know, the doors are always open and they're there, and I'll think about it in, in, due, in due course, uh, and that for the moment there's other more urgent things to take care of. Um, it's interesting. It's interesting to me that the interim leader that comes in can't answer that question if whether or not you are planning on sticking uh, through all the way until the end and becoming the leader or if you're there just to take care of things temporarily. Um, again, I'm not here to suggest that Mark Tongay purposefully did this and said, hey, guys, by the way, this is, you know, our Constitution allows this to happen. Maybe we should clarify to the members before you nominate me that you know, this door is open. Should I choose to take it or not? I just find it strange. My opinion is that the interim leader cannot stay on uh, and run in the leadership race. Well, mind you, based on the constitution of the party, I guess he does have the right to do that. But, uh, I mean, morally, I guess, ethically, it's just not right to me. Uh, I, I cannot understand how someone, and even the caucus, because don't forget that within the caucus now, you're probably going to have a couple people that are going to be interested in running in the leadership race. And usually, the interim leader is a very difficult position to have because you need to control all these egos, right, and all these you know all these different dynamics that are going to 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 to, uh, to surface right now because you're going to have different people positioning themselves in the caucus with you know person A or person B, and then there's always this kind of I'm not going to say infighting, but there's always you know the, you know you know people always you know butt heads there in the caucus because you know oh no you can't give that person that position because you know he's going to get more visibility than I do and don't forget there's a leadership race and we need to be neutral and so it's all this you know this and this huge headache and this huge puzzle that the interim leader needs to constantly be playing with right imagine now that in addition to that these potential candidates in the leadership race know that the interim leader is also interested in running as a leader. 
It's so strange. Now, as a leader of the opposition, you benefit tremendously from all the visibility and all the attention. You get the first question during question period. It's disproportionately more visibility than anyone else aspiring to run in this leadership race. So is Mark Tongue using this as a springboard into his potential uh, leadership campaign? We don't know. But if the intention is there... I think he has a huge advantage over everyone else, and I just don't think it's fair. It's the first time I see anything like this. This never happens. The interim leader is there temporarily. Now, keep in mind the other thing, having said that, it could also go the other way. Assuming that this is the intention that Mark Tongay has, what if things don't work out so well? What if he thinks that I'm going to take advantage of all the visibility, of all the attention, I'm going to use that as a springboard for my own leadership campaign, and then finally the first year or two of this new session ends up being horrible for you? That you're not the leader you thought you'd be, that you know you can't unite the caucus. Already it doesn't seem to be starting off on the right foot. We're going to get to that in just a, uh, a couple seconds. But what if things just go terribly wrong for him? Then it's over. So this is a double-edged sword. I'm not so sure, again, I'm not so sure what Mark Tange wants. He was very clear on his role being one of unity, to bring everyone together and to prepare the ground for next election, to get everyone back on track and to get everyone working and to connect again with the base, something that was neglected for the, for, for the last you know number of years. That's what he said. I don't know what, you know, in the back of his mind what he's thinking, but... I, you know, I, I do believe that it can go either way, especially given the fact that it's not starting off on the right foot. The Liberal Party just came out of this internal crisis, or we're going to get to this next point, right? I mean, they didn't come out of anything. There was a crisis in the, in the caucus for a couple of days since Mark Tongay was, uh, was, uh, was appointed leader. Things seemed to kind of be okay. Today, different story. We're going to get to that, though. But just to finish up on this leadership question, I do not understand how the sitting MNAs who are interested in running in the leadership race are going to be okay with the fact that the interim leader hasn't made it clear yet if whether or not he wants to run as leader. And if he does, if Mark Tongay does say that, you know what, finally, I'll take that door. Our constitution allows it. I'm looking favorably towards it. So how is the interim leader going to maintain his trust towards his colleagues, especially those that are interested in running, the, 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 the colleagues within the caucus that are interested in running for the leadership race, if he himself wants to have that position as well? I don't see this ending on a happy note, and I don't see if this is a situation, if Mark Tongay actually wants to take advantage of this opportunity, you know what, if we thought the problems were only temporary now in the caucus, I fear that it's probably going to last a while longer if Mark Tongid decides to stay on and seek that leadership race as well. I, I, I do not see how the cohesion and the unity of the caucus could be maintained if your interim leader has aspirations of staying on board as the leader. If anyone believes that, don't worry about it. It's going to be fine. Let me know. Let me know how you feel so confident about that. Now, 
let's keep one thing in mind. What has to happen now from, uh, from, from now on, the party is going to create uh, an, uh, an election committee. That election committee has to come up uh, has to come out with the rules and regulations of this next uh, leadership race. And these rules and regulations are going to have to be voted by the members of the party. I am suspecting that a lot of members of the party are going to bring up this point. Now, I don't know if the election committee is, is actually going to have this point, bring up this point in the rules and regulations, because based on the Constitution, it's permitted. But I have a feeling that a lot of members may have a little issue with this, uh, and it may be brought up in this process. So, again, even though the party may have tabled this resolution and voted unanimously, unanimously, I have a feeling that the members are probably going to have something to say about this, and I'm not so sure that they're going to be okay with it. That remains to be seen. Uh, but let's move on to other developments uh, and this is actually happening as we speak, so I'm always looking on my phone to see if there's any newer updates, but this is the most urgent thing that Mark Tange had to do as the new interim leader, and that was to bring Marie-Claude Nichols back into the caucus. We spoke about Marie-Claude Nichols. We know who she is. If you don't know, go back in previous episodes, find out what happened to her, and come back and listen to this. So his number one priority when he was nominated uh, as interim leader, was to go and talk to Marie-Claude Nichols and offer her a real solution to come back into the caucus. N her main point was that she didn't want to come back as long as Dominique Anglade was there. She had lost her trust in her. She believed that Dominique Anglade did not have what it takes to be the leader and to, to lead this party into the next election. Dominique Anglade got the message, resigned, and now the new interim leader said, you know what, look, that chapter is done with. We turn the page. Let's get the team united again. So he had to meet with Marie-Claude Nichols yesterday, which was a Sunday, and discuss with her of this possibility of bringing her back into the caucus. So everyone has been kind of wondering what happened in that meeting. What did they discuss? It's Monday today, so we were all kind of hooked on our phones following the media to see... Is this going to happen? Did they meet? What did they talk about? Is she going to come back into the caucus? Is she going to stay independent? What's going on? Literally, just a couple of hours before we started recording, I mean, it's 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 late on Monday, uh, but around 9, 9, 20, 9 p.m., 9, 9.30 p.m., uh, so just a couple hours ago, there was this tweet went out by the media to the effect that Mark Tange succeeded at talking to Marie-Claude Nichols and that she'd be coming uh, into the caucus, all right? Shortly after that, some more details came out to the effect that, okay, the understanding is that Marie-Claude Nichols, since she wanted to be the third vice speaker of the house, well, she will get it, but they will split it half and half with Franz Benjamin. Franz Benjamin, again, we spoke about him. He's the one that uh, Dominique Anglade supported to become the third vice speaker of the house. So based on these um, on these updates that we got, uh, Marie-Claude Nichols was to come back into the caucus and split that presidency in half with Franz Benjamin. He would do two the two first years and she would do the two last years. So far, so good. This is the updates we're getting. Literally about 10 or 15 minutes after that, I'm looking at my phone again. Boom, another update comes. Franz Benjamin now threatens the party 
that he's going to leave the caucus because that's not at all what Mark Tungay had spoken to him about. And he's not happy with that solution either. What the hell is going on in this caucus? Why can't they just figure this thing out? So Franz Benjamin, again, according to the information that came out, so I'm not so sure if there's anything new on that, but and if it's true at all, but uh, he uh, has been quoted as saying that, you know, he has built his entire political career on honesty, integrity. Uh, and, uh, it, you know, when he had a conversation with Mark Tongue, that's not at all what they had discussed. So the fact that the news that leaked was to the effect that Marie-Claude Nichols was going to split that third vice uh, speaker position with him doesn't seem to have uh, to make it to, to have made him very happy let's just leave it at that so he's not threatening to leave the caucus faced faced with this is Marie Claude Nichols going to come back even though this is happening are they going to say yo well, well let's put the brakes here Marie Claude Nichols stay where you are we got to figure things out now with France what is going on what is going on? Literally right before I pressed record, there was another tweet that came out that said that, well, Mark Tongay now went back. He backtracked and said, well, clearly this is not a solution. Stop. We got to rethink things. What are, you, what are you doing? What is going on in this caucus? Why is it so complicated? Uh, you know, almost immediately, as soon as these things started coming out one after the other, you know, despite all this you know, all this crap that is happening, and I know that all the attention is focused on these three individuals now, right? Franz Benjamin, Mark Tanguay, and Mike Claude Nichols. For some reason, I kept thinking about the new MAs that just got elected for the first time. This is such a this is such an exciting period for them. They're so they're, they're so full of enthusiasm and motivation to do this job for the very first time. They're coming into the parliament. They're excited to take on these new responsibilities. They want the parliament to finally open. And this is happening in two weeks from now. They've been fully briefed. They've been working hard to take care of their, you know, to, 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 to take on these new challenges. And instead of starting this new career, this new chapter in their careers on a happy note, they're looking at all the older people in their caucus that are supposed to be the examples for the new ones. They're looking at them fighting. <laughs> They're looking at mature adults, experienced parliamentarians, battling it out because they cannot agree on what positions they're going to hold in opposition. What is going on? And it's not like you have an opposition of 50, 60 people where even in that case, some people are going to be left out. You're 21. Everyone has responsibilities. In fact, some people have more than one or two or three because you're so few. So everyone has responsibilities. Everyone is going to get visibility. Everyone is going to have an important role to play. And you're in this situation <laughs> where everyone is at each other's throats. I mean, obviously this hasn't been the start that the Liberal Party wanted, but specifically with these newly elected MNAs that are going in 
you know, I, I'm just thinking on the 3rd of October, they're so happy. Of course, they lost, right? I mean, they can't really be happy. But still, they won their seat. They're happy. There was some, uh, there was some happiness that night of the elections, despite the fact that they're going to be sitting in opposition. But still, someone that's coming in politics for the very first time and you win your election, you win your seat, you're happy. You're excited. And from day two, it's just been one huge downhill for them. One huge emotional roller coaster. These people don't know what they just got into. Looking at all their colleagues fighting. It's a, it's a fucking daycare. Actually, it's worse than a daycare. At least in a daycare, there's some sort of authority. There's someone there that could, you know, tell the kids, okay, don't do this. You're going to do this. You got to listen to me now. There's some order in the daycare, at least. This is the strangest moment that I have ever experienced, um, at least recently in this party's uh, history. I don't know what's going to happen. I, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, things honestly have just taken a whole other turn again, you know? And, and I know that on Thursday night, uh, right after Mark Tongay was nominated, there was a meeting, an urgent meeting called with all the writing association presidents. Everybody was... You know, everyone was kind of relieved. Everyone was kind of encouraged. Everyone was um, uh, inspired that, okay, let's put that dark period kind of behind us. Okay, let's just move forward from now on, guys. All right? Everyone was happy. I, I, I mean, people in that meeting were just so excited that, okay, look, let's go. All right, we, we went through what we went through, a little, a little speed bump. That's fine. Let's put that behind us. Let's focus on the future going forward. Let's focus on what we got to do. Let's put this party back on track, right? What do we need? Let's get this post-mortem out of the way. Let's figure out what happened during the campaign. Let's learn from it. Let's grow, and let's get to work. That was pretty much the mentality from Thursday all the way until this morning. And then tonight, it seems like we're back to square one. So uh, I hope things get figured out and more importantly i just hope that next episode i won't be talking about the liberal party again frankly i'm tired i'm tired of it i want to get on to other things i want to talk about other interesting stuff that is happening but uh sadly i have to give you guys an update on what's happening in you know in in the plq fucking kindergarten over there in any case that's it for today. It's a little bit of a shorter episode. Um, I'm going back to check what's happening. And if there's any updates, uh, follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram. Uh, rate this podcast, guys. Give it a five-star. Help me out here. And if you like the visual content, head on over to YouTube and subscribe. And I'll see you on the next episode. Take good care.